you're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 166th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, we're going to continue our topic on couples, and I'm delighted to be interviewing Carolina Perez-Sands, a seasoned coach and communication trainer with 20-plus years of diverse international experience. Carolina coaches teams and couples to increase trust and psychological safety by improving communication, alignment, and cohesion, and creating the conditions for high performance, satisfaction, creativity, problem-solving, and conflict resolution. After a career as a voice coach and researcher and obtaining her PhD in linguistics with a study on voice production in female broadcasters, Carolina expanded the scope of her work to communication, helping leaders to craft and deliver messages with executive presence and assertiveness. Her work with leaders and voice gave her a privileged perspective on the intersection between leadership, personality, and speech. For a few years, she published a column on the Huffington Post, the Spain edition, sharing her analysis of political leaders' voices and communication styles. In 2014, she relocated to New York, where she joined a global communication consulting firm. In 2019, after experiencing career trauma, Carolina became a certified coactive coach, and more recently, she obtained a certification in organizational and relationship systems coaching. She now lives in Miami Beach, Florida with her husband, teenage son, and cat, Banana. She's writing a memoir about her relationship with money, business, and her own power. Already, I think I want to get that memoir. You have (laughs) such a varied and extensive background. It's so interesting. Thank you so much for joining us today, Carolina. Thank you so much, Kim, for inviting me and for having me today. I'm very excited. I'm excited too. I'm really excited. I know some other coactive coaches, but I don't really know what coactive coaching is. Could you just share a little bit about that? Yes. When we speak about coactive, we speak about finding a balance between being, which is the co, and doing, which is the active. In the modern American culture, and I guess all cultures right now, we're very much focused on the doing. We have to be doing, 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 doing. But what about the being? In this style of coaching, we merge the two so that we don't become either paralyzed because we're only being or overstressed and overworked because we're overdoing. I love that. I might need some balance in that department myself. Yeah. It's fascinating to me that you're combining relationship coaching with your work with leaders. So I wonder if you could start just by telling us what it means to be a relationship coach. To me, being a relationship coach starts with helping people to be in right relationship within themselves. If we think about the person, we all are a system of different parts. The first thing I was saying with the doing and the being, we have to find right relationship between the different parts of self. That can be extended, for example, to leadership, because leadership is a relationship after all. What makes you a leader? Not because you're very smart, but because you have people who are following you. 
which means you need to be in right relationship with them and you need to foster the right relationship between all the parts of the system. For me, what being a relationship coach means to help maybe grease the system so it is really strong and resilient and can overcome challenges. As you read in my bio, I focus a lot on conflict resolution and I focus on not avoiding conflict or compromising, but allowing conflict to emerge because conflict will be, as we say in our world of relationship coaching, conflict is something new trying to emerge. It's all about that. Nothing to be afraid of, just helping to birth it. Yes, I love that. Do you find that people sometimes think of you as more of a jack of all trades because you're working with couples and then teams and then leaders? Yes, especially people who want to sell me marketing services. They say, oh, you look like a jack of all trades. It's okay. I understand that. But in my opinion, and when I work with people, they understand it's all the same because it's all about being in right relationship either with yourself, as I said before, or with your team or with your partners, with your spouse or in your family. That really lines up with something that I talk about, which is I don't ever talk about work-life balance because I think it's all balance. It's not different work and life. They're all life. There's a lot of crossover, a lot of comparisons. And I think you're right. It's all relationship, just different contexts. Exactly. But the tools, for example, in the relationship systems coaching that I practice, it's all about tools. We draw from a lot of different models in psychology, for example, Arnie Mindell and Amy Mindell's work, process work, dream work, all that. And a lot of other different things also from coactive coaching. And then we transform everything into tools that are absolutely hands-on and actionable. No matter the system, the tools can be applied to the different contexts. It's all that matters. The relationship that is created thanks to those tools. I love your points about relationship with self is really the first relationship we have to get right or we're going to have struggle in all of our relationship. Yeah, That's a beautiful thing. I'm not a big rules person. I'm more of a break the rules person. But if you were to share one number one rule for relationships, what would that be? Oh, I love that. The number one rule for relationships is everyone is right, only partially. And once you get that, it's impossible to argue because maybe your view for yourself is 100% right. Well, it's not. It's always going to be partially right. And so is going to be the other person's. You're arguing and you're saying, hey, no, 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 you're not getting it because X is X and X is not X plus Y. Well, they are also right, partially. So if you focus on finding right, finding that 2% truth that is in the other person's statement or the other person's truth or belief, then you are able to be in right relationship. It's not about, yes, I am 100% right and you're 100% wrong. It's about finding what's right about each perspective and then being in relationship. Mm, That's perfect because I do a lot of work in DEI Mm. and it's one of the things that I talk about. Your views, I say it just a little bit differently, but we're saying, I think, exactly the same thing because I'll say your views, your perceptions are 100% correct for one person and that's you. 
So exactly. now you have to find the other person's truth and then maybe try as best you can to switch places so you can see it from their perspective. You don't have to agree with it, but just see it the way that they see it. And then it's much more easy to problem solve from that position rather than I'm right, you're wrong. There's nowhere to go from there. It certainly doesn't help the relationship. When we're talking about relationships, how can people maximize their ability to be a good partner for someone else? As we said before, the first part is being in right relationship with yourself and being more or less comfortable with who you are, and then being very open and very transparent in everything that happens within you. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, say it. If you're feeling disappointed, say it. If you're feeling ecstatically happy, say it, or communicate it in one way or another. Even if sometimes there are going to be hot spots or difficult conversations or difficult things, issues that we have to solve, that relationship is going to be very resilient. If we really go all in, knowing that we want the best for the relationship and the other person also does want the best for the relationship. Right. That makes a really big difference is when people are prioritizing their relationship instead of what each individual person wants. I could see that. I wanted to go back to that all-important relationship with self. I liked the way that you explained that being comfortable with who you are. Do you do work with individuals around getting to that place? Of course, yes. Not when I'm coaching a couple. If I'm coaching a couple, the couple is the client. The relationship is the client. I'm not going to have any side conversations with them. But of course, after coaching a couple, for example, I've had that situation. The husband said, now we're done with this. And now I want one-on-one coaching because I've discovered there are a lot of things within myself that make me not being at ease in myself or not trusting who I am or things like that. And I have to say, I don't have side conversations with people. If I'm coaching a team or a couple or any system, I'm not going to have side conversations with them. Except for one thing, which is a tool that we use in this relationship coaching world, which we call detriggering. A lot of times we as people, as individuals, we get triggered by different things. We all get triggered by some things. If that is something that is really affecting the relationship, I may go and say, hey, let's do individual sessions so I can teach you how to detrigger yourself when you find yourself in that situation where you're out of control. But it's only that. That is the only exception where I'm going to speak with the individuals that belong to a system. Okay. So what would happen, let's say, if you were working with a couple and you recognize that one part of the couple really wasn't in good harmony with themselves? How do you help that couple move forward? Or maybe even both of them aren't. That's a very good question. Again, in this world, we believe that relationship systems are intelligent and creative. My job is to give the system tools so that they can move forward. It's all about how they, the individuals, tap into the unique intelligence of the system. New information arises when they speak about this thing or when they draw something or when they think about whatever. I trust that the couple or the team, for example, is going to be able to overcome those problems. 
if the triggering, for example, I had that, I've had that many times, there is a moment during a session where one person gets triggered. We have to stop the session right now in that moment, or we have to say, hey, I noticed that you're being triggered now. Maybe I'm not going to use the word, but I may say something like, I noticed that right now you're not thinking clearly or whatever I say. Do you want to take a moment? What do you need right now? Do you want to get out of the session for a while and then come back? Or is it better to stop the session? And then I may have a conversation regarding that. Like, hey, this happened. I noticed it. Do you want to learn how to detrigger when that happens again? And if they say yes, then we do the other thing. Okay, that sounds great. I imagine that communication is pretty important in the work that you do. How do you help people with communication? The first step in acquiring a better communication is self-awareness, of course. A lot of times people are saying words that are okay, normal, but then with certain tones or certain face expressions or certain body postures. For example, I had a couple and then as soon as the husband started to speak, he would go on and on and on. He spoke a lot. The woman would get like faces, eye roll, and very, very hard. And so my job as a couples coach in that case is to what we call to read and work with the emotional field. What is happening right now? What are you feeling? I see a face. What is that face? What are you feeling right now? What are the emotions here? How does that make you feel, husband, when you see that your wife is doing those things? And that creates the self-awareness necessary for them to understand, oh, okay, so it's not only the words. I can be saying, yes, I get it. And then right. it can be very aggressive. There's a lot more to communication than just the words. That's absolutely right. Yes, I love that. I also love nonviolent communication. And I teach nonviolent communication a lot. Every day, I teach it at least three or four times because everybody needs to communicate in a way that leads to more togetherness instead of to confrontation. And when I say the words nonviolent communication, people are a lot of times, what do you mean? I'm not violent. Of course, you're not violent. But the way you're communicating sometimes triggers this confrontation that is not exactly what you are looking for. Right. I think nonviolent communication should be taught in elementary school and yes. continued through college. I agree with you on that for sure. You've mentioned a couple of times about giving tools to the system. Can you tell us two or three of what those tools actually are? Yeah, the tools are very, very beautiful. For example, one of them, which is the first to understand the system to understand the identity of the system is what we call the string exercise. We give everybody a string. I'm going to use a cable that I have here. I have my string. And then first, I'm going to be playing with my string. What happens if I pull here? What happens if I push here? What happens if I drop it? What happens if I do whatever? And then I meet a partner, I meet with somebody else, and we interlace the strings. And then we start to play. What happens if you pull more and I'm not prepared and then I fall over? We start to have a conversation which is only about playing with the string. Mm -hmm. And then everybody, if it's a team, it's going to be the whole team playing with their strings. What happens if I give more slack? 
or what happens if I let go of my string? There are other people who are going to be needing to work more because I let go of my share of the right. team. That is one of the tools. I think it's brilliant and it's so different. The very beautiful thing about my style of coaching, of course, I didn't invent it, is ORSC, Organizational and Relationship Systems Coaching. The beautiful thing about that is it's not about the logical brain only, and it's not verbal only. We work a lot with the emotions. We work with gestures. We work with drawings. There's another tool that is absolutely also beautiful, which is called, it's a tool or concept, quantum flirt. Mm. Like, what is the universe telling you? So you start to pay attention to your surroundings, and then you see there's a tree there. And then I look at the tree, and there's a leaf that is blowing more. I start to pay attention to that leaf, and I ask myself, if that is a message regarding my issue in my relationship, what is it trying to tell me? Of course, the leaf is not telling me anything, but it's my attention that is going to be unlocked because I'm not trying to solve the problem directly. Hey, I like that. Yeah. Another tool that I also like a lot is one that we call bringing down the vision. Everybody in a team or a couple, they have a sheet of paper and colors. It's a kind of visualization that then they materialize in a drawing. We say, if this entity of your relationship were a creature, what would it be? Some people draw a robot or a turtle or a cloud. And then we start asking questions. How does it move? How does it breathe? What does it need to survive? How does it thrive? And then people are starting to realize what is missing really in their relationship. For example, a sales team suddenly may find that, oh, we need to actually make more sales because our creature is starving because we are not feeding it enough. People get actionable items from using the tool. And as I said before, the use of tools is a way for people to stop using the rational and logical brain, like the only source of information. We are very large human entities that can gather information from a lot of sources, but a lot of times people are just centered or focused in gathering information from here. It's reductionist, I think. Right. It unlocks creativity and provides metaphor and playfulness and all of those things that will help a person think differently about their relationship. I really like that. I hate to say this, but we are coming to the end of our time. So I just have a couple questions to wrap up. I ask all my guests, I want to give you an opportunity to tell our audience if you have anything coming up that they might be able to participate in. If people want to contact me, that's perfect. They can email me. I'm offering a discount for your listeners if they want to. Of course, I give always a free session to everybody because we don't know if we're a good fit. So right. we have to try first. And maybe my style of coaching is not going to work for your relationship. So it doesn't make sense to engage in something that is not going to work. The first session is always free, but I'm also giving a discount for your listeners in the package if they choose to do that. And of course, I'm happy to connect with everybody. I love speaking about that. The so how will people get a hold of you, Carolina? They can contact me or find me on LinkedIn, and they also can email me at carolina at co-luminacoaching.com. Perfect. 
Thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your conversation and everything you've added to our overall conversation on couples. It's been great. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when I'll be continuing the conversation on couples. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.